Dharma talk today is titled, Just Observe. I've probably given this talk a few times. I give this talk every time I talk, the titles. So that's what I'm encouraging everyone to do in, in any department of your life. This, and so far as you can, hold your horses, as my stepfather used to say. He didn't say it in that tone of voice. So in the sitting situation, sitting down, holding still, taking this posture, there's a lot to observe what's happening in your In all the sense fields, there's usually some kind of activity, some object of that particular sense showing up, moving around, especially in the mind. If you hold a very, very still, you're able to see. It's like through contrast, like you're very still, your body's very still, your body and mind are somewhat separated, but not fundamentally fundamentally separate. So you're by holding very still, you're, you're able to see in kind of a, like a high relief any kind of energy or antagonisms or warfare or peacefare. Anything that's going on is going to show up more clearly. And there is, it is easier to um, not uh, just uh, uh, um, impulsively connect it with a thought pattern. Something emotion. Quite often, we have any kind of emotion or memory. The the thoughts are more than happy to come out right in and tell you what it is that the other sense is experiencing. Explain it to you. This is the way ego works, self centeredness works, and it is difficult to work with that in a way that addresses it as it is, as it says on this scroll. As it is, quite often we we see it. Oh, it's a snake, and we reach for it and we grab it right by its head and we get bit. Take your time as it said. Hold your horses. Don't grab the snake. Take some time to look at it. Does it go this way? Does it go that way? Does it have a motion? Does it have a direction? I'm talking about your your thought patterns. Because as as soon as you start to investigate, analyze based on what, what is commonly called spiritual materialism, trying to get somewhere, trying to solve it, you actually cover up the very information that is freely given. Your own neurosis is full-blown in front of you. Your disturbance about yourself, about your mother, about your job, about your relationships, either out in the world or down here. So by observing, by just observing, one gets to see all of the, the, the gaps and spaces and promontories and various kind of irregular, irregularities that show up in whatever thought pattern, idea, memory, emotion is arising. We get to actually see its particular shape. And it's interesting that we, if we see clearly, we really don't have to go in there and hammer away or push aggression or pull or explain passion or turn away, ignore, not, not just not going to think about that anymore. So that's going to be helpful for about 18 hours. And then we're right back at it again. Just a way of talking about it. I'm not saying this ever happened. But there's probably some kind of circularity in your mind about going after this and, and trying to get away from that and trying to shut down on something else, passion, aggression, and ignorance, the three poisons, as it's classically taught in Buddhist teachings, or you wouldn't be in this room. You'd be somewhere else dealing with it in a, in a different way. Not, not a wrong way, just a different way, but more than likely more materialistic, more about correcting it, fixing it, finding what's wrong, patching it up, and making it work, getting a more fluffy ego, getting a more sane, getting a healthy ego. Have you ever said that about some someone? person has a pretty healthy ego. <laughs> pretty healthy.
bring something to mind, did it, David? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that, uh, and it's not being said that that isn't something that it could be workable on some level. It's been said by other teachers that you can't really transcend uh, an ego that is confused or at war. You have to really, you have to really clarify it or get it to settle down. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I might. And the way in which I would, which I might, is one formula is not going to fit every situation. That's why it is so difficult for someone to just do, just do sitting meditation and not have some kind of help from a teacher, guru, mentor, uh, helper. And that could be in the form of, of uh, the teacher themselves, themselves, or it could be in terms of another person who's also on the path with you, Sangha. Sometimes I, I remember uh, very definite situations of interacting with somebody, someone in the Sangha where what they said it still sticks with me. One particular person, I still, I don't know whatever happened to him, his name is Richard Rahn, R-A-H-N. And I was asking him, this is in 1975, probably, I was asking him. So I don't really know what my question was, but it was something about transcending the self or you know, will you know? I mean, can you can you actually know when you're starting to transcend the Who knows that? It was some kind of complicated question, probably even more complicated than some of you might come up with. And he basically said, "Well, so probably not, since you're always yourself. You're probably not going to know." And I probably thought about that all through the rest of the datum. It was a month long sitting practice, and I was with him because I was going to pick up my uh, my Dodge van, which was being repaired. So that's always stuck with me. It wasn't particularly helpful at the time. <laughs> but it keeps coming back because it's uh, you're always here. You're always yourself. So that self is just, as I would, the way I would put it, is discontinuous. So therefore, it looks like it's going this way and going that way. And then he's fluffing up. And now it's going down. Very interesting area. Just observe whatever's happening, my friends. Whatever is happening. Intense emotional fear, anything. Dharma gate. What do we mean by Dharma gate? This is something that if you, if you can bring yourself to enter that or stay with that or stand in front of that, this will, this is your personal, um, your personal chemistry or formula for awakening or realizing who you are. So what's happening to one person might not be happening. Another person might not even understand what's happening. I might think it's, you know, might want to even correct you like Richard Ron tried to do to me or did he? Seems very important to go slow and just watch what moves, watch what is arising, watch what comes up in the mind, watch what watch it when it goes away, watch it when it comes back. Add nothing to it. Don't do any math at all. And if, as I've said hundreds of times, if you do do the math, then don't don't add on to that. I shouldn't do math. Just watch the math. Just insofar as you can, have a just open attitude as a. Has been said before, I think, as Shoho said when he was here, something he said that there's a kind of a traditional way of talking about consciousness or even ego is uh, be a good host. Whatever comes, just be a good host. Keep the doors open, and insofar as you can, don't evaluate anything. And if you do evaluate something, then don't eval- evaluate the evaluator or the evaluation. Don't add on to it. If you don't do anything to that, then these things tend to. There's no guarantee. But they tend to diminish because they get their energy from the three poisons. From pulling on it, explaining, justifying, blaming me. It's my fault. It's their fault. Well, it must be them. Well, if they hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened. If you're going to go into dependent origination, go all the way. Don't go into 
he did that so to them, so they need to be punished. That's part of it, yes. But what is the big picture? It's endless. You can't find the 10,000 things. All you can do is see, this is pretty, pretty big mosaic. But what you can do is you can see what's in front of you. You can see your partner. You can see your toaster. You can see your feet sticking out from the covers and into the bed. Better paint those toenails. Those kind of thoughts come up, you know, when you, you add on to everything. Even, even, and, and it's not about not adding. It's not about correcting. Uh, but it's also not about looking away and, and, and making a comment, well, it's not a problem. I shouldn't correct anything. About going the other way. It's a very subtle activity. Ego gets very, very sophisticated at trying to find out some way to stay in the picture. So I'll, I'll be really quiet. Or just, just let me attain enlightenment with you. I, I won't say anymore. I'll be a really good girl. Boy. And I, I don't mean to mock that, uh, because it, it, but it does function like that. There's a way in which the self-centeredness, the consciousness, that part, what we call in the Yogacara tradition, the seventh consciousness, that area that is you know, full of itself, full of pride, full of, full of um, um, a reference to me. Everything is in reference to me. Have you ever met someone who, anytime you tell them anything about this happened to you, they'll come up with something that happened to them just like that. Only theirs is usually a little bit more interesting than yours, or better. Or longer. It's like the fish story. How long was the fish you caught? It's not the width. I caught a sunfish that was that tall. No, I didn't eat fish. Huh? Is that fish? Yeah, I didn't do that. I don't fish. It's my fish story. <laughs> no, I do fish. That would be a fish story. So just observe. Any questions about this? Because it's a very simple... Yes, say to him. Um, you talk about Dharma Yeats, and what comes up for me is something that you have to pass through. Um, is there more to do than just observe that I think the I think the observation, if it's completely direct and straightforward, that's all you have to do. You don't have to get, you don't even have to ever get rid of it. It might be a Dharma gate that stands there the rest of your life. That every time you move this way or that way, it's a, a hair's breadth deviation. Trying to go into this, or away from that, or towards this. This is a very simple form of uh, passion, progression. It's more. Because the, nothing lasts. So even the Dharma gate will start. If you do nothing with it but just look at it, you might say, this seems like a Dharma gate. That might arise spontaneously. Uh, this particular kind of irritation, maybe it might be something about certain situations. Uh, and do nothing with it. Don't celebrate if it goes away. And don't, uh, don't blame it or explain it if it stays around. Nothing extra. In that way, it's, uh, it's lonely. To, to, to your only company is your Dharma gate. Can be yes. Toto. The concept of Dharma Gate can, can our investigation of it ever be um, doing something with it? <clears throat> Could be, but it should come out of your awareness rather than out some kind of rather than out of some kind of strategy about it. More, so, but it could be more. It could be. <laughs> How can we investigate it without pulling it towards it? See that you're pulling on it. Passion. You're trying to, uh, I, I realize that's a Dharma gate or that's a deal, some deal I have to work with and I, I want to get this over with. I'm ready to do this. Not, 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 it's not, not wrong. It's just an energetic spinning in front of the Dharma gate rather than just watch it, look at it, observe it. Receive, anything that's coming towards you, you can receive. You can receive it. Anything that's going away from you, don't chase it. Your, your Dharma gate should go away with your feeling that I'm, I really need to, didn't get a chance. My Dharma gate went away before I could get a chance to see what it meant. It's a very, it can be very subtle. 
We can we can make some big deal out of everything, and we. Mm-hmm. Is there content to a Dharma gate? Yeah, there could be. Could be a Dharma gate. Could be your relationship to uh, um, your relationship to your negative feelings that are arising. Doing something with them, making any comment like "I'm feeling depressed." Anytime you name anything. I don't care what it is. Anytime you name it, you stop looking at it. You you, you actually get some distance from it. So because you, you now you know what it is. <clears throat> well, we work with the Dharma Gate um, in a way that allows it to change and move. Give me an example. Let's bring that question to the fore. The idea of like saying I have a problem with how I relate to depression or some negative feeling. If that happened to change, I might not recognize that because I've even subtly labeled that. So what's the question? How can we work with the concept of a Dharma gate without stepping away from it? Just less is better. As long as you just keep your eyes open, keep your senses open, just be on receive rather than on adding. A commentary like, uh, I need to work with this Dharma gate. Usually feels pretty helpless. You're there and you feel helpless. But this is the self-centeredness feeling. The self-centeredness Self-centeredness is the one that's the materialist that wants results, and then this can want can, this desire for results and satisfaction and completion and closure and all these fancy words that we hear all over the place are are self-centered approaches to this. Not wrong. I'm not condemning anyone for using this. Sometimes you may have to use some kind of stair steps or some kind of structure, of course. But in here, listening to this person sitting down facing a wall and coming together and studying these ancient texts that support this way of looking at uh, our human existence it doesn't really involve solving something, getting rid of something or solving something or pushing something down or, or getting the right attitude towards it. More? How do we become aware of something without thinking? See that you're thinking. You don't have to stop thinking. The very, the very, we don't. Have you noticed? We don't even know what what thinking is. We, we know we have something that we all agree are thoughts, but we don't. We don't know exactly what they are. We kind of know what sounds are, but then there's a limited dimension in which we can hear. There's a limited dimension in which we can see. Like, oh, go ahead. Is is perception thinking? Can be. When I say it can be, I'm saying it's 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 connected with it. So you can. The th- a thought can't thought can actually perceive something, but perception can perceive thoughts. So perception is not someone. The perception is just a function of consciousness that happens in consciousness. It, it has no location. It can be located, but it has no location. Follow me. I didn't go anywhere. Can you elaborate? Keep, uh, no. <laughs> but keep you. Can, t- 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 yeah, go, go ahead, please. Go. Ahead. Can we? Can we practice? Uh, being outside of our thoughts. Yeah, yeah, but it's can not we function. Yeah, oh my goodness, you can function a lot better. You're not, you're not, you don't get all claustrophobic, and you don't get all uh, agoraphobic. You don't get any phobic. You don't have any position. You don't have any reference point. The th- even the thought itself is not a reference point because you don't believe them. You don't disbelieve them. You don't believe them. If you have intense feelings or emotions or thoughts and you think they're real and think you need to act or not act or need to meditate more or any position you take. So it's, it's circular. It's not that it's incorrect, but it's, it just goes in circles and it comes back around for another dose of the same thing. It's like 
Uh, there you are. One. Okay, so so one last thing. Just as you see, the way you, when I say don't believe your thoughts, I know, I know we can't help it. I can't help it. But what you can do is you can notice the way you attach meaning to thoughts. You can just see the way you do that. And by watching the way you attach, when the, and I say this uh, with no guarantee of anything, but by watching the way you attach, something about just the observer part of that, just your wisdom mind coming out and not taking any position on anything anywhere, including uh, someone who's being wise, something that is, is seen completely. No position, everything's all the, the passion, aggression, and ignorance starts to crack and come apart because it's made of stuff, ideas, things, material, material on this level. Or if I say uh, uh, yellow snake on a cloud, you see it? That has a, a uh, that's a, um, uh, the fancy word is uh, ontological. That, that's an actual thing. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't exist in this kind of space, it doesn't exist in this kind of time. But there is a quality of that happening there that makes it same thing with a depression or emotion or anger, something coming up. It's dependently arisen in that area the same way this uh, kotsu is dependently arisen. Just different levels and depths. Go ahead. Often you say to stay with something mm-hmm. and look deeper. How do we do that without thinking? We might have to think. So I, I don't think if somebody... Uh, yeah. Do I ever say don't think? <laughs> Do I ever say that? Say don't you, think. You don't think. I say I don't think. Does it look like I'm bragging when I say that? <laughs> I don't think. I, I don't think I think. Do I think? Yes, go ahead. Well, it's often talked about um, Buddhism that you get rid of your thoughts. That's that's why. Who said that? People. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're wrong. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's a, but what, what could happen? What happens in there is they just don't have as much, uh, uh, your, your apparent sovereignty is not a self, but it looks like one. It just looks like one. And if, 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 since it's identified with this body form, if you're attacked, you want to defend yourself. But who you actually are isn't, isn't just this body. Who you actually are isn't separate from anything. It takes a separation because as an organic being appears and, you know, it can't function uh, without that consciousness. The very nature of everything is consciousness. This is a very low vibration of consciousness. But this is conscious. It's a dead tree. It's just as conscious as it was when it was alive. When we do this, when we, when we just observe, we are, are we perpetually in the now? I usually don't use now too much because... Uh, Present. Huh? Present now. Yeah, it's all right. But those are concepts and that we tend to kind of get into the concept and whew, it's like an elevator. Oh, in the present moment. Finally. Wore myself out getting here, but now I'm here. So you can't, you can't get rid of the present moment. So it might be better to look at through a, a negative way. Just what we do is we take this and we fill it up with stuff. And, and buy this and believe that and like this and don't like that and separate this and push this and pull that around and around. So like even in the, with the text uh, that uh, um, Baba Ramdas, uh, his teacher, Neem Karoli Baba, uh, he was inspired by him and, and he wrote a book called Be Here Now. And read that. It's an old book from the 70s. Pretty inspiring book, but it's pretty romantic too. About, inspired me. Smoked a lot of weed. 
So did he. Huh? <laughs> he did too. He, <laughs> he, did a whole bunch. Well, he actually kind of made a path of uh, acid and all of that for a while. And I don't mean to take anything away from him. He, he helped a lot of people. Still helping them, I think. Yes. Shane from Texas has mm-hmm. a question. Yes. He asks, is ego the opposite of awareness? I, you know, I kind of see where you're going with it, and, and you could you could set it up as an opposition, but uh, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's particularly helpful to think of it that way. Um, ego is just another uh, concept that comes together that solidifies the, the um, like Trunk Rinpoche called it, a paranoid insurance policy, some kind of the consciousness or the awareness is really liberated from the start. And then it, depending on karma, cause and effect, it comes together in a ball that we call ego. Me. Me and how good I look. Me and how bad I look. Me, me, me. Uh, but, but the awareness is still functioning there. It's just tethered to, a, to a, an agenda of protecting me. So it's in the service. So that's why I often say, I'm saying now, lead with your, if you lead with your awareness, you'll have no idea what you're doing. If you lead with your thought patterns, you'll have an idea of what you're doing. But the tendency to go into some kind of con- control or materialism, uh, either... Uh, spiritual materialism, psychological materialism, political materialism, materialism is is very strong. Not that you couldn't keep it to a minimum, but pretty seductive to think that you are somebody who can do something else. Go ahead. Uh, earlier, you talked about the perceptions of thought and thought. What's the difference between the two? I don't know. What does it look like to you? You've been looking at it for a while. So you perceive thoughts. Anytime we talk, we're, we're got concepts. There's no way you can talk about something without some kind of structure or concepts. I guess whenever you say the contrast, just thought, is that something that's functioning outside of awareness? Yeah, could be. If, if there's no attachment to it, if you don't believe it or disbelieve it or look it away, then it's just like you don't, a bird flies in front of you, uh, your belief or disbelief or doesn't have anything to do with that, particularly. It, just disbelieving a bird isn't going to make it go away. Believing a bird isn't going to make it anything else. But it seems to be necessary to look at the belief and disbelief, see the way we want things to be different than they are. Second noble truth of the Buddha. First one is life is difficult. Okay, We have nerve endings. It's going to, this life is going to be hard on, on lots of levels. The second one is why? Because we don't like it. We want, we want something else to happen on so many different levels. You can find that. You can sit at your kitchen table and the, the, the minutes uh, you're... you're uh, uh, the the cook serves you your food. You have cooks <laughs> serves you your food, and you look down and you think, oh, eggs are hard. <laughs> Eat the eggs. And when I say that, do that, and then notice the. And this is this going to be applied to thing. Eat the eggs, but notice. Just notice the negativity. Don't change them. Don't try to be a person who doesn't object to anything. It's just a highly sophisticated, fancy form of self-centeredness that gets to be better and better and better. That's why I don't teach a mindfulness, or I don't teach shamatha vipassana. I'm going to talk about that in daily Dharma gatherings a little bit. Talk about meditation. I think that's what I'm talking about. Oh, final question. Um, yeah. Oh, William Murray from Grand Rapids yes. asks, um, the more I meditate, the less it seems I know how to observe or be aware. How do I work with this? That sounds good to me. That's called the path. That's, a, that's actually a... a not a, it's not particularly, a, a, I wouldn't call it a sign of progress particularly, because you don't need to make that happen. But it's actually part of the path. That's why it's so necessary to have a teacher. It's so necessary to have a sangha, a teaching, and something you can repeat and do. You know, if you've done, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lifetimes of going in circles, chasing something, trying to squeeze some happiness out of samsara, and then you, the body dissolves and you go back into the into the bardo, and then and you forget who you are, you forget everything, but but uh, everything doesn't forget you, and you come back because you thought you were somebody, and you're going to come back and squeeze it again. Sound familiar? You're going to come back. You're going to come back. Turn turn your uh, turn your heart mind around and save all beings. Help others. Don't worry about your path. That's why they have the Mahayana path. So you can help others. There isn't any stuff. Don't believe your thought, thoughts. You don't have to. Nothing to accomplish. There's, but there is something to see. See what is true. See it for yourself. If I, could, if I had a bundle of truth here, a basket of truth, uh, it would, and I handed it to you, it would come apart before it got to you. Why? We're not separate. You already have that basket. I can't hand you something you already have. What am I doing? Pointing to it. It was pointed out to me by my teachers. It just took me years to see what they were pointing at. Long time, yes. Is there a um, bardo on the cushion? There's a bardo everywhere. There's a bardo between thoughts. There's the thoughts of a mouse, thoughts of a cat. Mouse, cat. There's a big bardo between them. Unless the cat is really fast. (laughs) 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 We're actually laughing about the death of a little animal. (laughs) You didn't do it? That doesn't necessarily mean... No, it might mean... <laughs> that might be the mouse doing that. <laughs> so, yes, further question. So, uh, what do we do with um, the things that don't forget us? Don't do anything with them. Don't ignore them. Don't grasp them. Don't reject them. Just causes and conditions are arising in your life. Things are coming and going and coming and going. And the less you do... As uh, Coben said, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. All he was doing is saying, this is what, what, there isn't anything to do. Unless something shows up, then you may do that. You may not. He didn't look like he was tethered to anybody. His way of helping people was really odd. He would reject them. (laughs) When we don't do anything, what's being forgotten? What? Well, the first part, um, you said you forget everything. Who does? The... Situation of the bardo. I don't really know what happens. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Everything is being made up all the time. You didn't break any law. <laughs> it is. It's like it's like we put so much emphasis on here and being alive and our heart beating and whatever. We got to get a lot done before I die. You're not going anywhere. The body's going to drop. You're who you are. Can't go anywhere. That's good news and bad news. The good news is that it's good news. The bad news is that it's good news. What's the downside? There isn't one. <laughs> the downside is you think there is. There isn't. There's, there isn't anything separate from the Buddha, my friend. One last question, then we have to move on. Oh, this is a follow-up from Shane. Does ego sense relative truth, where awareness senses fundamental truth? What? Does ego sense relative truth where awareness senses fundamental truth? Mm. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm laughing at you. (laughs) I'm laughing at at, uh, what I heard myself say. You should talk to me personally about that. Is that Shane? Shane. (laughs) Uh, Come here. 
Very good. We're, we're good. And once again, I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway, both for the teacher and for Koji. We appreciate and depend on your generosity. We also accept PayPal and debit and credit cards and checks in the mail and cash. <laughs> May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.